This is episode 280 of the AWS podcast, released on November 29th, 2018. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the AWS podcast. Sam Lesher here with you. Great to have you back. And I'm coming to you live, or recorded live, I guess, from my hotel room in beautiful downtown Las Vegas. Yes, it is a special reInvent episode update. And this particular episode will be focusing on everything that came out on Wednesday of reInvent, which of course included Andy Jassy's keynote. So we have lots to cover. So I'll be skating through it at a fair clip. Plus towards the end, there'll also be a bit of a walk around the uh, the uh, expo hall as well, just to give you some context of what's going on. You may hear in the background a little bit of sirens and what have you, which is just the general uh, je ne sais quoi of Las Vegas. So firstly, let's talk security. Uh, a new capability has uh, been made available in preview. This is called the AWS Security Hub. And this gives you a comprehensive view of all your high-priority security alerts and compliance statuses across all your AWS accounts. So this is a really useful place to aggregate all the information you're getting for things like GuardDuty, Amazon Inspector, Amazon Macy, and also from partner solutions as well. Related to this is AWS Control Tower. This is a really easy way to set up and create a baseline environment or a landing zone that's secure, well-architected, and spread across multiple accounts. What this does is really encapsulate lots of best practices that have been established by working with thousands of enterprise customers to figure out the right way to create an environment that's both flexible and secure. This is also currently available in preview, so feel free to check it out uh, when it's available so that you can see if it fits your world. Let's move on to machine learning. There were lots of machine learning related announcements. Really, they're focused on making machine learning faster and easier. One of the new announcements was something called AWS Inferentia. And this is a new machine learning inference chip that will be made available for use with Amazon SageMaker, Amazon EC2, and the Amazon Elastic Inference. We'll get to that soon. And this is a custom design chip by AWS to provide a high throughput, low latency inference performance capability at extremely low cost. It'll have support for TensorFlow, Apache MXNet, and PyTorch deep learning frameworks. Also models that use the Onyx format, that's O-N-X format, to uh, allow you to have basically hundreds of tops, these are tera operations per second, of inference, so you can make better decisions more quickly. Speaking of which, we're now introducing the Amazon Elastic Inference. This allows you to attach just the right amount of GPU-powered acceleration to any Amazon EC2 and Amazon SageMaker instance to reduce the cost of running your deep learning. We find this can reduce the cost by up to 75%. It can also mean that you can run things more quickly as well. So this means you can have the right instance type with the right amount of boost to get your answers as fast as you need. Speaking of optimization, there is now an AWS-optimized TensorFlow that scales up to 256 GPUs. So this is part of the AWS Deep Learning AMIs for Ubuntu and Amazon Linux. And now you have increased optimization, which means you can train things far more quickly than ever before. Now, for a lot of customers, they look for, rather than rolling their own uh, ML models, etc., they want something kind of off the shelf. So some great, really interesting announcements to share with you. There's a preview access for something called Amazon Textract. This allows you to easily extract text and data from virtually any document. So this goes way beyond your traditional OCR type approach and can identify the contents of fields in forms and information stored in tables. It's really going to provide a very rich capability to extract data that's currently locked in documents. Something that many of you who use the Amazon.com site will be familiar with the recommendation engine that gets used. Well, now there's a new service called Amazon Personalize, and this provides real-time personalization and recommendations for everyone. So you can create your own models that belong to you, 
to use the similar sort of recommendation capability that we provide on the website, you can now provide that to your potential users as well. So this is, I think, a really interesting capability and one that's worth playing with. There's a great blog post about how to do it and to get going. It's in preview at the moment. At the moment, there is no charge for the service during the preview. Once the preview is complete, it'll also be part of a free tier. And during the free tier, you'll be able to get uh, some free data process and storage up to 20 gig per month, 100 hours per month of training, and up to 50 TPS hours of real-time recommendations per month as well. So give it a go and see what you think. Now, it's interesting when you think about machine learning, it tends to be an abstract concept and something that people really struggle to understand. So now we can do it in a more physical form, and this is called the AWS Deep Racer. And this is really a hands-on, fully autonomous, 118th scale race car that's driven by reinforcement learning, a 3D racing simulator, and we've also now got a global racing league as well. You can order this on amazon.com. It's on pre-order at the moment. And there's a really interesting uh, racing series that's going to be run globally at different summits and events, et cetera, that you can get part of. What this also does is helps you understand how training models can be applied and how they can be used in the wild. Another capability that Amazon's been doing for quite some time is forecasting. And uh, forecasting is hard. And so we now have a new service, also in preview, Amazon Forecast, which is a fully managed service that uses machine learning to perform highly accurate forecasts. So again, this is something to get your hands on and get a flavor of how this might fit into very complicated events that have causal effects on one another. Amazon Translate has been updated and it now supports customized translation. So what this means is that you can have your own terminology. So it lets you customize the output to use company and domain-specific vocabulary. Basically, you can upload and invoke those custom terminology translation requests, and you can get things like brand names, character names, model names, and other unique content that just wouldn't get translated before. Now it can be. For customers who want to use SageMaker or are already using it, there's been lots of announcements around that. So Amazon SageMaker now includes something called Amazon SageMaker RL, or Reinforcement Learning. And this allows you to train models without large amounts of training data. And it's broadly useful when the reward function of a desired outcome is known, but the path to achieving it is not, and it requires a lot of iteration to discover. Uh, Things like healthcare treatments, optimizing manufacturing supply chains, gaming challenges, these are the types of things you can use. There are now a whole range of different uh, frameworks and models that are available to you, things like Intel Coach, Ray, RL, Simulink, MATLAB, etc., whole lot of things that you can do. Also some integration with AWS RoboMaker, which we spoke about previously. So this is really, really useful and is now generally available in all AWS regions where Amazon SageMaker is available. Another really interesting new service is Amazon SageMaker Ground Truth. And this lets you build very highly accurate models. Now, the process of uh, reviewing and annotating things and updating your models and making sure they're accurate can be time-consuming and expensive. This means now with this particular service, you can use human annotators through Mechanical Turk, third-party vendors, or even your own employees. Now, Amazon SageMaker Ground Truth can learn from these annotations in real time and automatically apply labels to much of the remaining data set. So this also reduces the need for human review. And what this can do is really combine the combination of automation and manual invocation to reduce costs by up to 70% when done just by human annotation. Now, this is available today in North Virginia, Oregon, Ohio, Ireland, and Tokyo AWS regions, and there'll be more to come as well. Another great Amazon SageMaker update is called Amazon SageMaker Neo. And this is a service that lets you train once and run anywhere with up to 2x improvement on performance. This is particularly useful for models that are running uh, in remote locations that need to have very low latency decisions. 
Essentially, what uh, Amazon SageMaker Neo does is compile some models for specific hardware platforms, optimizing their performance automatically. And it means they can run up to twice the performance without any loss in accuracy. So you don't have to spend a whole bunch of time hand-tuning everything you do every single time. When you deploy an NVIDIA, Intel, Xilinx, Cadence, and ARM, and popular frameworks like TensorFlow, Apache MXNet, and PyTorch. So this is available now in North Virginia, Oregon, Ohio, and Ireland AWS regions. And also the AWS IT Greengrass now supports Amazon SageMaker Neo and ML inference connectors on edge devices as well. So you can already take advantage of a whole lot of performance improvements. Shifting our focus to databases, there have been some really useful announcements made today. Firstly, Amazon TimeStream is a fast, scalable, and fully managed time series database that is now available in preview. And this is really designed about processing trillions of events per day and typically operates at one-tenth the cost of doing it using a relational database and about a thousand times faster query performance. So that's pretty impressive. Now, what this really focuses on is storing and processing time series data. So data that measures how things change over time. Now, it will do adaptive query processing engine. It'll understand things like data location and format. It can automate roll-ups, retention, tiering, compression of data, so you can have the best access to the data at the lowest possible cost. Also, the good news is it is serverless, so no service to manage or anything like that, no provisioning, etc. That should be a great preview to get part of. Another preview I highly encourage you to take a look at is the Amazon Quantum Ledger Database, QLDB, and I'm so excited to be able to talk to you about this because it is very cool. It's a fully managed ledger database that gives you a transparent, immutable, and cryptographically verifiable transaction log owned by a central trusted authority. And basically what this does is tracks each and every application data change and maintains a complete and verifiable history of changes over time. Now it is immutable and you can also analyze it using a SQL-like API. There's a very flexible document model, full support for transactions. It is also serverless as well. So you don't have to configure anything, automatically scales for performance and you pay for what you use. It is a very interesting model to take a look at, look closely. If, however, you want to be deploying maybe uh, some sort of managed blockchain, we now have the Amazon Managed Blockchain, which is a fully managed service to deploy both the Hyperledger Fabric, which is available today, and Ethereum, which is coming soon. So again, this takes care of the undifferentiated heavy lifting that you might need to get your blockchain up and running. One of the other nice things is that managed blockchain can replicate an immutable copy of your blockchain network activity into the Amazon Quantum Ledger database. So you can now have a really easy way to analyze network activity outside of the blockchain itself. What about on the relational side? Well, Amazon Aurora Global Database is a new feature in the MySQL compatible version of Amazon Aurora, and this is designed for applications with a global footprint. This means that a single Aurora database can span multiple AWS regions with fast replication. This means you get low latency global reads and disaster recovery if you have a region-wide outage. The nice thing is, is that in the unlikely event of a regional degradation or outage, one of the secondary regions can be promoted to full rewrite capabilities in less than one minute. And the typical latency for the storage-based replication for Aurora is less than one second. This is currently available in US East North Virginia, US East Ohio, US West Oregon and EU Island regions, and we'll see more to come. Speaking of performance changes, Amazon DynamoDB now has a capability called On Demand. This is a flexible new capacity mode for DynamoDB, which means you can serve thousands of requests per second without doing any capacity planning. It provides a simple pay per request pricing for read and write requests, so you only pay for what you use. 
Now, when you choose this mode, DynamoDB will instantly accommodate your workloads as they ramp up or down to any previously reached traffic level. Now, if you hit a new peak, it'll automatically adapt to cope with that new load, and it provides you the same SLA commitment, the same single-digit millisecond latency and security that you already get. You can use this mode for both new and existing tables, and you can also move between them. Now, you can only do that move once in every 24 hours from memory. But one of the nice things uh, one of my colleagues showed me is that when uh, he moved his table to the on-demand mode, once you switch it back to the non-on-demand mode or the pre-provision mode, it will actually tell you what it saw from a performance perspective and give you recommendations about what limits you might like to set. So this is a very powerful combination. So this is really useful in a serverless world where you just don't know what the capacities are. On-demand is your friend. Speaking more about data, we now announced uh, AWS Lake Formation. And this is a service that lets, makes it very easy for you to set up a secure data lake very, very quickly in just a few days, including all the ingest, the securing, the cataloging, etc. There is a sign-up uh, available for the preview. So if data lakes are your thing, this would be something to look at. Now, obviously, if you're analyzing data, you need to visualize that data. And AWS has now announced ML Insights in preview for Amazon QuickSight. So this is going to seek insights using machine learning from your Amazon QuickSight reports without you having to do anything. So you can have ML-powered forecasting. You can analyze business metrics. Uh, you can do auto narratives where insights will be provided in plain language, embedded contextually in the dashboard. There are so many cool things that are going to come out of this without any domain expertise. Now, you may say, well, this is great, but I want to share my QuickSight dashboards, etc." Well, now you can. You can embed them in applications. You can create very rich interactive dashboards in QuickSight and embed them in your application portals and websites without having to do anything fiddly, simply embedding using the embedding language and the API capability. There is now also a JavaScript SDK and APIs for user group and management and a lot more simple integration process as well. Now, dashboard embedding is available in Amazon QuickSight Enterprise Edition in all QuickSight regions. What about compute? Well, we had some pretty cool compute announcements earlier in the week, but they don't end there. You can now hibernate your Amazon EC2 instances backed by Amazon EBS and resume them at a later time. Now, this is different from simply stopping your application because what happens in the hibernate situation is you don't have to rebuild the memory footprint all over again. So any application that relies on caches and other memory-centric components can often take a long time to warm up again once you load things in. And this can mean a delay to building up capacity. Using Hibernate, you can maintain a fleet of pre-warmed instances with memory footprint that get you into productive state faster. And this does not need any modification of your existing apps. It's kind of like shutting the lid on your laptop and opening it up again. Now, this feature is available for on-demand and reserved instances running on freshly launched M3, M4, M5, C3, C4, C5, R4, and R5 instances running Amazon Linux 1. And the AMI snapshot used to launch the instance must be encrypted. This ensures that the protection of sensitive contents of RAM is done when it gets copied across. Uh, have a read about the details, see if it fits your use case, available in lots and lots of regions right now. If you're an Amazon LightSail user and you're growing over time and you need to move into EC2, there is now an upgrade path easily from LightSail instances into EC2. And Amazon LightSail now also supports resource tagging as well. Let's talk storage. There has been lots of storage announcements. Firstly, Amazon FSx for Lustre has been launched and this is designed for people who want to use Lustre. It's a very popular file system that many, many people use. This now allows you to create a file system in just minutes, mount it on any number of clients and start accessing it right away. Fully managed service, 
seamlessly set up. You can uh, design it for lots of throughput. Every file system is backed by NVMe SSD storage that's provisioned in increments of 3.6 tbytes. And it's designed to deliver 200 megabits per second of aggregate throughput at 10,000 IOPS for every one tbyte of provisioned capacity. Some great examples of how to set this up is in the blog post that I've listed in the show notes. And this is currently available in North Virginia, Oregon, and Ireland regions, and it'll be available more in the future as well. Some great features in that one. Another new one is Amazon FSx for Windows File Server. And a lot of my listeners have been asking for this for a long time. Now you can deploy a fully managed Windows File Server accessible by the widely adopted SMB protocol built on SSD storage. So you get throughput, IOPS, and very consistent sub-millisecond performance that you want and expect. Lots of things you can tune. You can have file systems as big as 64 terabytes. You can have up to 2048 meg per second of throughput. Some really cool management capabilities, the ability to deploy multi-AZ. In fact, you can use Microsoft DFS namespaces to create a shared common namespace that can span multiple file systems and be uh, up to 300 petabytes of storage. And I challenge you to build one that big. That would be fun. So this is available now. You can use it in North Virginia, Ohio, Oregon, and Ireland, and expansion in the coming months to many other regions. Something that's coming soon is S3 Glacier Deep Archive. And this is a new Amazon S3 storage class that gives you secure, durable object storage for long-term data retention and digital preservation. This will be the lowest price of storage in AWS and reliably stores any amount of data. This is really useful for those really long-term archival, durable copies that just need to be there for a long, long time. Uh, All data stored in S3 Glacier Deep Archive can be retrieved within 12 hours. And this is part of the portfolio of storage classes all the way through instant access, infrequent access, the whole shebang. Uh, this will be generally available in 2019 and you'll see it, to, it will be a significant uh, cost reduction in storing that long-term storage. Another new capability that's available now in all AWS regions is something called Amazon S3 Object Lock. And this is a new S3 feature that blocks object version deletion during a customer-defined retention period. So you can enforce retention policies as an added layer of protection or for regulatory compliance. So this is really useful when you're creating those worm type systems in S3. And you can do retain until dates, you can do legal hold dates, lots and lots of capabilities that are really relevant in this space. Uh, It can be configured in governance mode uh, or it can be configured in compliance mode. And in compliance mode, the lock cannot be removed by any user, including the root account. Now, it has been assessed for SEC Rule 17A-4 brackets F and FINRA Rule 4511 and CFTC Regulation 1.31. And this uh, allows organizations to use this type of technology when they are governed by those particular regulations. So that's pretty exciting. Another couple of quick storage updates. Amazon EFS now supports up to 1,000 file systems per account. So that's a big jump up from the original limit of 125. You can also create up to 400 EFS mount targets per VPC. And EFS now supports access across accounts and VPCs as well. So this is especially important when using a VPC peering connection or the new VPC transit gateway to connect between one another. Are you with me? We're nearly there. So let's talk about the AWS marketplace and a bit about license management too. So now you can govern your software procurement by having an AWS Marketplace with a private marketplace. And this is a new feature that means you can create a custom digital catalog of pre-approved products from the AWS Marketplace. 
This means you can choose what you want your internal users to consume, and you can even customize that marketplace with company branding, like logo, messaging, and color scheme, etc., which is really nice. Another new thing for the AWS Marketplace is there is now a catalog of machine learning algorithms and model packages that you can deploy directly onto Amazon's SageMaker. Some are free, some are paid, and they cover a broad range of uh, capabilities and really, again, make it very accessible to apply machine learning in your world. If you can't build it yourself, perhaps you can find it on the marketplace. There is now also container products in the AWS marketplace. So you can deploy these products uh, directly onto your container platform like Amazon ECS, uh, the uh, Amazon Elastic Container Service for Kubernetes or EKS or AWS Firegate. Very, very simple, get up and running. It's got task definition, Helm charts, CloudFormation templates provided by the vendors. This is very cool. Lots and lots of cool uh, capabilities there as well. And the last area in this topic is AWS License Manager. And this allows you to manage your licenses from software vendors like Microsoft, SAP, Oracle, and IBM. Basically, administrators can create customized license rules that emulate the terms of licensing agreements and then enforces them when an instance of EC2 gets launched. So this means you can limit the number of licensing violations. You can track what's going on in your environment. You can stop from a physically breaking the breach by just stopping the launch, or you can just notify the infringement. Lots of really interesting capabilities, certainly something to look at if you are responsible for tracking licenses in your organization. What about software development? Well, there have been a raft of updates in that area. The first is AWS App Mesh. This is a service mesh for microservices on AWS. And this is available in a public preview in North Virginia, Ohio, Oregon, and Ireland. And it's a really, really cool technology that uses the open source Envoy Proxy. So it's compatible with a wide range of existing AWS partner and open source tools for monitoring microservices. And this really allows you to have that consistent visibility, network traffic controls, and other capabilities that are important in a microservices environment. Related to this is AWS Cloud Map. And this is a service discovery for all your cloud resources. You can define custom name for your application resources. It will track the locations of these dynamically changing resources, a whole bunch of other very, very cool application capabilities. You can also do uh, registration of things like databases, queues, microservices, and other things. And then it constantly checks that list and makes sure it's completely up to date. This is now available in Virginia, Ohio, North California, Oregon, Canada Central, Frankfurt, Ireland, London, Paris, Singapore, Tokyo, Sydney, Seoul, and Mumbai regions. Now, I'm a big fan of continuous deployment and the ability to integrate your systems on a regular basis. And the AWS developer tools have improved the ability to do continuous delivery for AWS Fargate and Amazon ECS. Blue-green deployments is a huge capability in this space of so the ability to build a new version of your application whilst running the old version still. Now you can launch the new version of your Amazon ECS service alongside the old version, test the new version before you reroute traffic. You can also monitor the deployment process and rapidly roll back if there's an issue. A whole raft of other improvements available across lots of regions, but one I wanted you to, to know about. And the final update for today is Amazon CloudWatch Log Insights. Now, this is a really good way to do some log diving, and haven't we all been there? This provides a fully integrated, interactive, and pay-as-you-go log analytics service for CloudWatch. And this means you can see all your logs instantly, troubleshoot very, very easily, and dive into huge volumes of logs in just seconds. You can also publish log-based metrics, create alarms, correlate logs together and metrics together in dashboards. Lots and lots of cool things to do. It is available now in a number of regions. Go take a look. So that's a selection of updates that happened today. Hopefully there was something in there for everyone. To give you a bit of a taste of the feel of reInvent, if you've never been here before, I took a walk through the expo hall 
And what you're going to hear now is a little short experience of walking through that hall. So it is lunchtime on Tuesday of reInvent, and I'm walking to the entrance of the expo hall where there is a chill out area, there's a recharge area for people to charge up. There's a whole bunch of table tennis tables here, and I'm walking towards the expo itself. I'm going to try and give you a very quick uh, perspective of what I can see uh, as best as possible in uh, audio painting the picture style. So as I walk in, I can see, of course, uh, lots and lots of partner stands here. I can see Capital One, Checkpoint, VMware, Cloudflare, Twilio, Imperva. As you move towards the center of the uh, location, this is really massive. I can't really do it justice. I can see New Relic, Cisco FX, Part My Cloud, ThreatStack, uh, Cloud Custodian, Domo, Palo Alto. And as you keep on walking through, there's just so many stands and you can hear everyone's having conversations, interacting. There's definitely a bit of swag to collect along the way too, which is pretty cool. Uh, I'm walking past the uh, Accenture stand and I can see the PagerDuty stand as well. And I'm moving through towards the uh, AWS stands because that's where a lot of customers will come to talk to solution architects and uh, support specialists, education specialists, etc. So I'm going to give you a flavour of that once I get there. But I'm still walking. I'm currently going past the uh, the NetApp stand. There's a Citrix one, NetScout, Qualsys, MongoDB, uh, Barracuda, Tipco. So it's interesting, the uh, great mix of uh, organisations you see here. Many will be familiar, others won't be. Just uh, had someone come past to say g'day, which is lovely. Uh, I can see Second Watch, Zenlayer. Uh, so I'm moving on towards through the AWS Community Developer Lounge. And this is where there are lots of demonstrations taking place around how to build on AWS. Uh, people on the stands to consult with, to get information from. They're displaying the simple beer service, which is driven by Alexa. Uh, there's also some Amazon Sumerian via AR. And there's a demo right now, which is a dev chat taking place. There's a huge audience here uh, watching that. Just going to come around the side here. I can see Linux Academy. I can see the AWS Partner Network. Uh, the WePower Tech Group are talking about uh, diversity and inclusion in AWS. Then there's the AWS Launchpad, which is the Twitch events, AWS user groups. There's the Netflix stand, uh, business apps, management tools, etc. So we can hear, uh, probably in the background, you can hear the Twitch folks doing some work on Twitch at the moment. So they're live streaming in front of an audience as well at the AWS Launchpad. I can see there's a migration stand, there's marketplace education, Alexa management tools, development tools, serverless, uh, you name it, it's there. Each one's set up with a screen so you can get onto the console and do stuff. There's also whiteboards, the all-important whiteboards that are there. There's a nice chill-out area here with a whole lot of uh, very comfy-looking couches, I have to say, and people who are taking advantage of that because you do walk a lot at this conference. And there's a massive uh, central location called Ask the Experts where you can kind of bring any and all questions you might have. And this is really cool because the actual desk that it's on is a whiteboard. So there are people right now having a chat with an architect here and they're drawing up a really interesting diagram here. I can see uh, S3, failover, etc. So they're talking about that sort of stuff. Uh, and there's also domain-related things. So you can talk about network and content delivery, databases, VRAR, mobile, 
IoT analytics, really the uh, the sky's the limit. Now I'm walking around here to the AWS Snowball Edge cluster. So I can see we have a cluster of what is it? Uh, two, four, six, eight. I can see eight, and there's more on the other side. So I'm seeing uh, no, I'm seeing eight. A total of eight uh, Snowball Edges clustered together which is very nifty, uh, just moving past the professional services stand. And there is the media and machine learning stand, which they've done something very good, which is called uh, machine learning popper shot. And this is one of those, you may have seen those kind of uh, basketball games you play in the, in the video arcades where you sort of shoot at a mini basketball. And this does a uh, detection of scoreboard changes in real time, automated instant replay capture of action, live video channel created on the fly using highlight clips, and you can even build your own with uh, AWS Elemental Media Services and AWS Machine Learning. So this is kind of a fun way to show what's going on. So you can see the Sumerian host is reacting whenever a ball goes in successfully. Uh, she's giving claps and encouragement. There's a live video feed. The score is being there as well. Uh, and they're keeping score of who's got the best as well, which is a bit of fun. Uh, and then there's just so many more places to visit all around here. I'd say you probably need to allow a good hour or three to really make the most of your wander around the event space. Uh, there's also a builder's fair in the corner, uh, which lets people showcase things they've made, which is pretty cool. There is the new robotic stand here. I've just walked past the RoboMaker uh, section, which I know is very exciting for a lot of people. So no shortage of things to do. Uh, one interesting thing I've just walked past here is I'm looking at a snowball and just come around to the front so I can give you the proper thing. This is a snowball uh, being rained on. So there's a sealed section here with water spraying all over it from some, uh, uh, some sprinklers at the top showing the weatherproofness, if that's a word, of the uh, snowball edge, which is pretty cool. So that's a, a live example of doing things to hardware that you probably wouldn't want to do, but uh, there you have it, it's being done, uh, which is great. Then there's also an example of an AWS Storage Gateway hardware appliance as well. Uh, basically, a um, it's just a pizza box, basically, that you can connect easily and get going. So, uh, nothing you haven't seen before if you've seen a server before, but nice to see what the, uh, the footprint looks like as well. So, that's a bit of a summary of what's going on here at the Event Expo floor. Hopefully, it gives you a taste of all the cool things you can interact with between the sessions. Many people spend as much time here as they do in the sessions. really depends on what they're trying to achieve. Well, I hope you enjoyed that and I hope you're enjoying the reInvent series. You do love to get your feedback at AWS Podcast at Amazon.com. And until next time, keep on building.